Hey, what's up guys and welcome to another episode of the Blinking Nintendo Gaming Podcast. My name is VJ and on this week's episode, we're going to be talking about Sony's first foray into the handheld market. We're going to be talking about the good old PlayStation Portable, also known as the PSP. For me personally, the PSP was a big console in my life. One of the first systems that I ever bought with my own money. Uh, I was able to buy games with my own money. Um, So because of that, you know, when you're a kid, you know, money is very important. Not that it's not important when you're an adult, but you don't have a lot as a kid. And so having a PSP, buying it with my own money, having to buy games with my own money, I was very invested in all the different things that the PSP had to offer. I was very into the news of the time. I was just big into the PSP, all the different new releases, because I had to do extensive research knowing that I was using my own money to buy these games. So yes, the PSP was a big, big deal for me. And we're going to be talking about the consoles, the different uh, versions of the PSP, the games, all sorts of fun stuff about the PSP. But, you know, we got to talk about the backstory, the history of the console. Hit my music. So... The PSP was released on March 24, 2005 in North America to massive fanfare. It, it was looked at as the first real competitor to Nintendo's decade and a half long dominance in the handheld market. And it was considered its first real competition for a lot of different reasons. First off was its use of media to store games. They, the PSP did not use cartridges, but instead they used their own proprietary optical disc format called UMDs, or Universal Media Discs. So UMDs can hold up to 1.8 gigabytes of data and was vastly more superior than cartridges because of that, uh, leading to much better graphics than whatever you'd see on its rivals, the Nintendo DS's uh, library. Not only did it have all that data to store games, you could also put movies and TV shows on, on there as well, and Sony really pushed that, that type of media on the PSP earlier in its life cycle. There were so many movies and TV shows and stuff like that that were on the PSP uh, that you can get as UMDs that looked awesome. And again, when I was 13, 14 at that time, I thought that was so fucking cool that I could just get a movie for like 5 or 10 bucks and watch it on my PSP. It was awesome. The PSP also had video playback. It had internet capabilities, and it could store photos and music as well. And in 2005, we didn't have iPhones, we didn't have Androids or tablets. So so to be able to do that on a handheld was revolutionary for the time. Not not, Not only that, the games looked phenomenal on the PSP as well. I always call it the PS 1.5 because I think graphically it looks better than the PS 1 but obviously not as good as the PS 2 and again we're talking about in 2005 so so that's a massive 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 kudos to Sony for that what I really think was the ace in the hole for the PSP was its gaming library and we're going to get into more detail about that a little bit later but but man the PSP had some fucking incredible games across all different genres yeah, but for all the good the PSP did, we cannot forget about its Achilles heel, and that's the lack of a second analog stick. You know, only having one analog stick was a massive mistake because it, it pretty much made um, 3D platformers, adventure games, and shooters cumbersome to play. 
Um, the reason being because developers had to set those camera controls that would have been programmed to the right analog stick. They had to reprogram those to the, you know, either the shoulder buttons or the face buttons, which just, they're not, it's not a natural control screen to play with. It's, it's really not. And trust me, I love the PSP. I love it to death. But just like the Wii, the controls hold back some otherwise incredibly great games. But you know what? Despite this huge oversight, the PSP still sold like gangbusters, selling over 80 million units, the most for a non-Nintendo handheld system. All right, so there we go. There's the backstory on the PSP. So now let's just, let's just dive into it. Let's dive into the different PSP models. This is fun. This is really fun. So there are five different PSP models that were released. The PSP 1000, the PSP 2000, the PSP 3000, the PSP Go, and the PSP E1000. So let's just go ahead and go over them. So first is the PSP 1000. And the PSP 1000 is the original launch model of the PSP. And without going into much depth or detail into this, I avoid this version of the PSP at all costs. It has a lot of issues, a lot of issues. And the battery life is abysmal. It was abysmal back then. And it's even worse now that those batteries for the PSP have aged over time. Uh, it, it was really, really heavy and uncomfortable to use for long periods of time. Like, dude, that thing, it's so heavy. Like, it's, yeah, fuck using that. And it had a low 32 megabytes of RAM, which made load times for PSP games extremely, extremely long. Like, oh, my God. Playing PSP games on the PSP 1000, yeah. You're probably spending more time watching the loading screen than actually playing the game. It, it's insane. So, the easiest indicator of a PSP 1000, to see if it, if, if it is a PSP 1000, is to look at the charger port. Okay, because not only is the port itself going to be colored yellow, but right below the port, there's a couple yellow squares actually on the finish of the console. So, if you see the bottom of the, the, the PSP 1000 or PSP and you see that the, the charger port is filled in yellow, there's also some yellow squares right below that on the spine of the system. That's when you know it's instantly a PSP 1000. Okay, so needless to say, the PSP 1000 is a no-go. I would not recommend that, okay? So next is the PSP 2000. And that was released two and a half years after the PSP 1000. It's also known as the PSP Slim. And it, it, it was a vast improvement over the PSP 1000 in almost every single way. It was a third lighter. It was slimmer had better battery, a better looking screen. They even improved the buttons, had nicer feeling buttons, had the ability to output video to a TV or monitor, and they even doubled the RAM to 64 megabytes, so it allowed for faster load times. So next is the PSP 3000, which came out a year after the PSP 2000. It's a relatively minor improvement with a better uh, and brighter screen, an addition of a microphone. Those are really the only things of note that were different between the PSP 2000 and 3000. The one small problem with the new screen that you get on the PSP 3000, which does look really, really nice, is that you do get some ghosting, which may not be a deal breaker for many, but for me, it, that's a deal breaker for me. I'm not feeling a ghosting in my games. Um, so the way to tell the difference between a PSP 2000 and a PSP 3000 is the home button. So the home button on the PSP 2000 actually says home. 
and the home button on the PSP 3000 is the PlayStation logo. So that's how you can tell the difference between the 2000 and the 3000. So now onto the PSP Go. The PSP Go was Sony's foray into an all-digital PSP. The UMD drive was removed, and games were available for download via the PSN store. It came with 16 gigabytes of flash storage that you could expand to up to 32 gigabytes by using a memory stick. And what's cool about the PSP Go, in my opinion, is the unique design. It's At first, it's just a screen. But when you slide it up, it reveals the face buttons and the controls. And I think it looks fucking sick. It's an awesome-looking console, in my opinion. It really is. The PSP Go was not very successful at all. It was a fucking disaster of failure. But in hindsight, with over 50% of all games being bought digitally today, the PSP Go was definitely ahead of the game for 2009. I mean, look at the PS5 Digital Edition and the Xbox Series S. You know, These came out in 2020, and these were digital discless versions. So yeah, big ups to the PSP Go for being a real pioneer in that space. But with that being said, you know, as since Sony had closed the PSP store on the PSN a few months ago, it renders the system pretty much useless unless you mod it, which is super easy to do. I'm not a big modding guy personally. The one system I have modded is the PSP, and it's super easy to do. So if that's what you're into, yeah, the PSP, absolutely have fun with that. It's 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 super fun. So the last PSP iteration that we're going to talk about was, is one that was only released in Europe, and that's the PSP E1000, also known as the PSP Street, which makes it sound like some underground shit, but like if you see it, it looks like a, like a street knockoff version of the PSP, like a Soldier Boy version of the PSP. It, it, looks, it looks fucked up. But yeah, the PSP Street is a budget, stripped-down version of the PSP 3000. Gone are Wi-Fi capabilities, the microphone, and stereo speakers. Yes, there are no stereo speakers on this handheld. They use fucking mono. So, yeah, again, that is only released in Europe. It's a cool system to have just for novelty purposes, but to use, yeah, do not. Definitely not. Um, so, when it comes to which version of the PSP to pick, which one should you pick? Now, so in my opinion, you only have two choices. It's between the PSP 2000 and the PSP 3000. So if you don't mind screen ghosting, go for the PSP 3000. But if that is a problem for you, go for the 2000. Either way, you can't go wrong with either of those two versions, even though I personally lean on the PSP 2000 side. All right, so we're going to touch on this for a short moment, the memory stick situation. Um, when it comes to getting a memory stick for the PSP, you can breathe a sigh of relief here. Unlike the Vita, with its, with its incredibly high uh, memory card prices, the PSP fortunately never had that problem. Even when it was popular, the memory cards were never that expensive. Um, even today, you can get a 64-gigabyte memory stick for about 30 bucks. So on that avenue, when it comes to memory sticks, you're good to go. No complications there. All right, guys, now on to the main event, the games. And boy, did the PSP have some fucking games. I think it's the best variety of games on any handheld console ever, and you can quote me on that one. So I'm going to give you guys a short list of about 20 games from across a variety of different genres. 
Um, and, and just to touch on this uh, for a second, another great thing about collecting for the PSP is that collecting for it hasn't gone crazy price-wise, which is awesome. Uh, now, of course, there are some rare, you know, more sought-after games, just like with every system. But for the most part, it's not even close to how insane Vita collecting has gotten recently. Uh, most of the games I'm going to mention are relatively affordable, too. So, yeah, PSP collecting is still very affordable. I love that because it's a great handheld. And, and, and collecting is fun in general. So I, I hate, I understand why, but I hate seeing when those prices skyrocket. Just it makes it harder for other people to get into, uh, you know, the collecting business, so to speak. All right, so first up when it comes to games are platformers. And, and like I said, with the PSP essentially being a PS1.5 in my eyes, you already know there are a ton of amazing platformers on it. Now, be warned, like I mentioned earlier, the camera controls are terrible for these type of games because there are no second analog. There's no second analog stick, but they're still super fun to play either way. So, Start off the list, we got Secret Agent Clank, which is a spin-off of the Ratchet and Clank series in which you play as Clank. Uh, really fun platformer. Daxter, a spin-off of the uh, Jack and Daxter. Another really fun platforming game. Ratchet and Clank Size Matters, which is a full-on Ratchet and Clank game on the PSP, which they later ported over to the PS2. Mega Man Maverick Hunter X, which is a remaster of the first Mega Man X game. They enhanced the graphics. Where they used like a 2.5D style graphics system. Uh, they enhanced the music. It's just, I think it's the best way to play Mega Man X. It's a super, super fun, fun game. Okay, so those are some, some platformers that I would highly recommend that you guys get. And again, they're very, very cheap. They're not that expensive at all, especially like games like Daxter and Clank. Uh, those games are like 10 bucks, uh, if that. Uh, hopefully, I don't say that and they go up. But yeah, that's about how much they cost. Um, so the PSP also had some really cool music and rhythm, rhythm games. Um, being on UMDs, because it had the CD format, you could stuff a lot of music in these games. And, and sound for these PSP games sounded amazing. So a couple of uh, music and rhythm games that I hi highly recommend. Rock Band Unplugged. Now, this came out during the whole Rock Band Guitar Hero super craze of, you know, the mid to late... 2000s and rock band unplugged is pretty much a rock band game on the psp a ton of different songs they had dlc that you could get using the psn store now of course you're not using an actual guitar or drum or bass peripheral or whatnot you just use the buttons to play but with all the different songs uh it, it, it really is a fun little handheld version of rock band um but my favorite no bias but my favorite music and rhythms uh, series is luminous and you get luminous on the psp all right and i love that series because the music i'm a huge uh, edm guy huge house music fan and those games have pretty much that's all it's in those games and so i love that series as well as the gameplay as well so luminous on the psp there's also luminous 2 on the psp as well get those and those games are very 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 cheap i mean those games are less than 10 bucks and for the content you get in those games go out and get those those should be the first couple of games you own in your psp collection at fighting games there are some fucking awesome fighters on the psp and uh just to dive in dragon ball z shin budokai which is pretty much a dragon ball z budokai 
fighting game on the PSP. I mean, the controls are the same, the characters, the music. It's legitimately, yeah, Budokan on the PSP. Love that game. Tekken Dark Resurrection, which is a port of Tekken 5 from the PS2. Also has some additional characters added as well. And then Soul Calibur Broken Destiny, which is a port of Soul Calibur 4. So again, you're getting games... Quality of Soul Calibur 4, Tekken 5, and Dragon Ball Z Budokai on a handheld release in 2005. Mind-blowing. So the PSP also had a bunch of great action-adventure games. Um, Grand Theft Auto Vice City Stories, which is a legitimate, full-scope Grand Theft Auto game on a handheld. I mean, full, full game. No shortcuts were taken. And the soundtrack in this game is probably, uh, I mean, it's up there as one of my favorite uh, Grand Theft Auto soundtracks. So next up, we have God of War, Chains of Olympus. Again, this is a full-fledged God of War game on the PSP. No shortcuts were taken. It's a full version of a God of War game on a handheld. So again... So fucking cool. The PSP was fucking awesome. And just talking about these games, man, I remember just how awesome this time was for gaming, especially with the with, with handhelds, PSP versus DS. Man, it was so cool. All right, so next up, we have Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker, uh, a super fun version of Metal Gear Solid on a handheld. The one thing that kills this game, just like some of these other games I mentioned when it comes to action-adventure games, just the controllers, the, I mean, the camera controls, were just complete ass. Um, but if you over, if you can overcome that, if you can get past that, uh, these games are really fun to play. And last up is going to be a game called Pursuit Force, which is a, a fun new IP that they released at the time. And it's kind of like you're like James Bond. It's an action-adventure driving slash shooting game. It's really cool. Hard to really explain the game. I, I just, just take a look at it. It's one of the best games on the PSP, and it still holds up to this day. Uh, highly recommend. I don't hear people talk about that game enough. So, yeah, Pursuit Force, awesome game. Now, my favorite genre, okay, are JRPGs. That's my favorite genre of all time, JRPGs. And the PSP, just like the PS1 and the PS2, had so many great JRPGs. Persona 3 Portable, that's probably my favorite one that's on there. Uh, a port of Persona 3 from the PS2. Essentially, it is a full game. They took out the 3D versions when you're actually walking around in the school and walking around in the town. Uh, that they took out. And you just have to use a cursor to, to move around. But as far as the dungeon uh, aspect, it's, they kept everything. And it's a full version of the game. And I, I honestly prefer this version more than the PS2 version because in the PS2 version, you can only control one character. And the other characters are controlled by this by the like a CPU or like a, like a computer, but this game came out after Persona Four, which changed that, and it was able to let you use all characters uh, manually. And so this game, you can do the same thing. So you're not just tied to one character; you can control yourself and the see the control the computer controlling the other characters. So I think this is the best version of Persona Three. So next up, we have Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII, which is a prequel to the Final Fantasy VII game that was on the PS1. Yeah, what I like about this this uh, game is the battle system. I think it's really fun. They use uh, kind of like a roulette slot wheel system, which is really, really fun. So yeah, Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII, awesome game. 
Valkyria Chronicles 2, which is a sequel to the original game that came out on the PS3. I love Valkyria Chronicles 1. I think this game might even be better. I, I think, I don't know, something about the characters and the story for me. I don't know, this game is incredible. And again, it is a full version of this game on a handheld. They took no shortcuts, which I always find fascinating with PSP games, is that like this system came out in 2005, and the amount of like PS2, quote-unquote, as quality type of games that you could get, mind-blowing. Um, so the last uh, RPG I want to talk about, Final Fantasy Tactics, The War of the Lions, which is an enhanced port of Final Fantasy Tactics from the PlayStation 1. If you like tactical RPGs, this is the game for you. I love this game. It's incredibly hard, and it's incredibly long. But if you stick with it and put the time in, you will be rewarded with some awesomely fun gameplay. It's, it's an incredible game. So before we wrap, we wrap up this episode, I want to give a shout-out to LukeyGames.com. And I've mentioned them a couple of times before on this show. Um, but when it comes to PSP games, in my opinion, they have the best deals you're going to find on the Internet. Yes, there's eBay. Yes, there's Macari. And definitely check those avenues out to try to build your uh, PSP collection. But I have about 70 PSP games in my collection. And no shit. About a third of them came from LukeyGames.com, and I've never been disappointed with them. Um, you know, again, why I love that site, and I mentioned it before, you know exactly what you're getting. So you it tell they tell you whether you're going to get a complete version of the game, whether it's just a disc version, or whether it's the case and the disc. And so I always get the either complete version or the case and disc combination, and I've never been disappointed. They come fast. They're clean. Uh, so if you're looking to get into collecting for P the PSP, definitely hit up LukeyGames.com. You're going to find some great deals, and it's going to be a great way and a cheap way. I always talk about maximizing your dollars and your money. This is an absolute easy way to do that by shopping with them. So to officially wrap things up, I hope you all enjoyed this episode. I hope you guys also go out there. Pick up a PSP, play some of these awesome games I mentioned, discover some other amazing games on your own because there's so many great games. I just touched on a few. I mean, we could keep going. This episode, this episode could go on for days if we had to talk about all the amazing games on the PSP. And you'll be surprised how many of those amazing games still hold up today. All right. So check me out, guys, at blinkingnintendo.buzzsprout.com that's gonna be our website hit it up also hit me up on instagram and twitter at blinking nintendo all right so hope you guys enjoy this episode i love you guys y'all are the best stay tuned till next time